This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is a Pro Wrestling Illustrated podcast. I am your host, PWI senior writer, Al Castle, wishing you a very happy new year. Welcome to 2019. It's going to be a fun year uh, for pro wrestling and for Pro Wrestling Illustrated and for the Pro Wrestling Illustrated podcast. And that begins with uh, this episode. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by my co-host, Dan Murphy, back for another year here. And uh, we've got a big issue to talk about. Uh, and, and I mean literally an issue. The next issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine is our uh, Achievement Awards. It is the 2018 Year in Wrestling, and I believe by the time you're hearing this, it should be available for digital download at pwi-online.com. So Dan and I, in just a moment here, are going to be discussing uh, all the winners of uh, the various awards. Uh, you're talking awards that go back now uh, more than 40 years in some cases. Wrestler of the Year, Match of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Most Hated Wrestler of the Year, Most Popular Wrestler of the Year, uh, Rookie of the Year, Most Inspirational Wrestler of the Year. I'm doing this uh, just off the top of my head. What else we have? Uh, Woman of the Year, uh, comeback of the year, and I think that might cover it all. Um, and uh, they're news to me, uh, and I don't think they're news to Dan, so he's going to be joining me on the line in just a moment to fill me in on how uh, you guys, the readers, voted. This is different than our uh, report cards issue, which is coming up in, in a little bit, our PWI 500. Um, there's all kinds of uh, features that we put together each year where the staff of PWI uh, kind of rates uh, who we think is the best in, in various categories. This is you, the reader's opportunity to tell us who you thought uh, was the best in 2018 in all those categories. So uh, always a, a fun issue, one of our big tentpole issues. And uh, if you want to check it out, be sure you don't miss it. You don't want to go to the newsstand and see that it's not there. Uh, best thing to do is, again, go to pwi dash online.com if you want a a physical copy of the issue you could do that there order it or subscribe Uh, if you subscribe you get uh, big savings over the cover price and if you don't want to wait a few more weeks till the uh, print edition comes out you can be reading it right now on your uh, laptop desktop mobile device tablet what have you if you download our digital edition uh, which uh, is faster it gets out a few weeks faster than the print edition and is customized for your device. So um, definitely worth doing. And again, uh, the thing to do is pwi-online.com. The uh, year in wrestling is uh, a lot more than just the awards, though. Um, it, it is a look back on 2018, and it was uh, quite the year. So uh, there's all kinds of features in there from uh, uh, mine and, and Harry Burkett's top 10 stories of the year that we put together. There's the unofficial official awards, or is it the official unofficial awards? Uh, lots of photos, a lot of photos that, that have never been published. Um, so first, you'll be seeing them uh, snapshots throughout the year. Um, we look back on, on some of the greats that we lost over the year. Uh, so much more cover to cover packed with uh, a look back on uh, a year if if you've been reading the magazine for any length of time you know the the year-end uh, issue is one uh, that that you got to go out there collector's edition you really got to go out there and get and uh, i say it's about a lot of the issues but it's the kind of thing that it's fun to look back on and flip through uh, a year from now five years from now ten years from now 
30 years from now. And I, I literally have, you know, some uh, urine wrestling um, magazines from, from the 70s and 80s lying around. And what a blast it is uh, to kind of jump in the time machine and, and look back on those. So uh, it starts with picking up this issue that is uh, just about to drop, 2018 PWI urine wrestling. Again, the thing to do, pwi-online.com. Um, while you've got your computer open or your phone open, please give us a follow on social media. Uh, find us uh, Twitter. We're at official PWI. We're also on Facebook. Um, you could uh, please give a positive review to our podcast here and subscribe. So uh, we certainly appreciate five-star review on iTunes um, and for you to subscribe. Uh, always trying to build this little thing that we started here. What is it now? Four years ago? Amazing. Um, so again, pwi-online.com. All right. Joined by my co-host, Dan Murphy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Glad to be back for another uh, another fun and exciting year. Yeah, I think this is, uh, it's not our fifth year, but we have now recorded shows in five different years, right? I think we started. Wow, really? End, yeah, I think we started at the end of 2014. So we're now in 2019. Wow. So yeah, time flies. It certainly uh, does. Yep, and as testament to that, as I was mentioning before, we are uh, about to release our year in wrestling issue. It's our awards issue, and uh, I know you're you're in limited time, so uh, we'll jump right in. But I guess first, I'll, I'll ask you for kind of an overview. Um, you having compiled a lot of this, what does uh, this year's uh, uh, batch of winners kind of say about 2018? Well, it's you no know, real surprise. I mean, WWE is 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 the dominant uh, company. Um, I mean, obviously, but uh, the majority of the winners were from WWE, uh, except in a few key categories, which is kind of telling because um, the, the 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 elite match, for example, is a non WWE match. So whereas WWE has the um, the the personalities, the characters that resonate the most. Uh, our readers, uh, and again, the PWI uh, Achievement Awards are all based ba by a fan ballot. Uh, they are looking at other companies when it comes to the uh, the actual quality of in-ring uh, presentation. Uh, so going into 2019 and with All Elite Wrestling and, and the announcement there, uh, it's going to be a really interesting uh, 12 months ahead of us and, and potentially beyond that. Uh, so uh, I think that the awards really reflect that. Yeah, yeah. And and it's been a few weeks since we've been able to record here uh, because of the holidays, and we know there's a lot of current events to catch up on. So uh, as it comes up, if there's an opportunity to, to talk about some current events as part of these awards, we're, we're going to do that. Uh, why don't we uh, jump right in? I guess the, the, the biggest one of the year is Wrestler of the Year. Uh, why don't you tell us who uh, took the honors this year? Oh, you want to start with the main event first? Wow, all right. Uh, I guess so, <laughs> in, in part because uh, I know we got limited time here. So, yeah, we'll go with the old Saturday Night's main event format and uh, open up with the main event. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah, the wrestler of the year this year, and it's uh, it's pretty unique in, in telling about how wrestling has kind of changed in 2018 as opposed to the 1980s. Uh, but the wrestler of the year, uh, for the third consecutive year, becoming the first wrestler to do so since Ric Flair did it in 1984 through 86, it was AJ Styles. Wow. What What's the um, – yes. do you have the vote totals there or, or an approximation? I don't have the vote totals in front of me. I have for some of the categories. I've kind of got handwritten notes here. I have some of the percentages, but not for AJ, uh, the percentage in front of me. Okay. Um, but he did beat out Kenny Omega, who was the number one runner-up. Uh, Cody Rhodes number two and Seth Rollins at number three, um, and it was interesting because while while Styles did have the uh, the WWE title for a, 
more than 365 days, not quite the full calendar year because he lost it in November, I believe. Um, he was often, while he was the top guy in SmackDown, he was very rarely the, the real focal point of WWE. It was always kind of Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns or or others. Uh, but AJ just really was consistently excellent throughout the year. And uh, unlike the other guys, he was more active. So uh, the, the fans rallied behind him and he coasted. Again, really showing that you look at Ric Flair in the 80s and he's, you know, he was the wrestler of the decade. He was the most dominant guy, this, this Hall of Famer. Whereas AJ Styles for the past three years has been wrestler of the year and it's been very low key. He's not even necessarily considered to be the top guy in WWE. Um, but the fans definitely recognize what he's doing and he was uh, rewarded for his efforts with this award. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to accuse WWE of sabotage, but it does strike me that um, if they did nothing, it feels like AJ would be more over uh, than he is. It almost feels like um, when you think of the feuds he had over the year, whether it was with Daniel Bryan or with Nakamura, all these kind of sure uh, things, and so often they fell a little short, and it was uh, weird booking, it was placement on the cards, um, it, it seems like it, it wasn't really in tune with uh, fan perception of him because, uh, you know, going to live events, I, I just went to a live event right after Christmas um, and uh, AJ Styles actually w was supposed to headline but was out with the flu, so he missed it and uh, people were heartbroken. I mean, it was it was really like you're missing your, your top star and granted, they had John Cena fill in, uh, but you hear uh, uh, merchandise uh, sales. I think he's their, their top seller right now. Go to a show, you see all the, the kids with the AJ gloves and the the hats, um, it, it feels like, uh, in, in some ways, he's even more over than, than WWE realizes. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, so much of it is a testament to the incredible worker he is. And I think, as you touched on, some of it is uh, maybe a testament to kind of the, the dearth of, of top stars, uh, that he's almost the, the de facto number one, right? Um, yeah, and it, it is a good sign, though, that he did do the little segment last week or two weeks ago with Vince McMahon. Um, I mean, if Vince McMahon is, is going to bump for AJ Styles, even in a backstage vignette, uh, it shows that McMahon is at least getting behind him. He's, he wants to do more. He wants to bring something out of AJ. Uh, so maybe 2019, we, we might see him in a more prominent role. I mean, he has been the champion for most of 2018. But again, uh, you know, he, he rarely got the, the main event slot. So maybe that'll change coming up this year. Right, right. I mean, I guess it's sort of hard to... Uh claim a guy isn't being pushed when he had the world title most of the year and now was in uh, a program challenging for the world title, about to challenge for it at the Royal Rumble. So uh, again, it's, it's not that he, he's not a top guy or isn't treated like a top guy. It just feels like as much as he's push, pushed, there's even more potential there that maybe WWE isn't uh, tapping into. Um, you mentioned Kenny Omega. He was the first runner-up? Uh, yes, Kenny Omega was first runner-up. Uh, Cody Rhodes, number two, again, a little bit surprising. That's probably, I mean, the fans really recognize the, the role he's had with, uh, you know, All Elite Wrestling. Obviously, that was kind of a big buzz uh, and rumored as the voting was going on. He did have the NWA title rain, uh, run during the year at All In, and he was obviously vital in putting that together. So I think that his, uh, his getting this spot is really less about what he did in the ring um, as opposed to what he did behind the scenes and what it, it represents and means. Uh, not that he's a slouch in the ring by any uh, stretch at all. Uh, and then Seth Rollins, who, again, if uh, AJ was the workhorse for SmackDown, then, then Rollins is the workhorse for Raw throughout the entire year. Yeah, I think that's a, a good batch. And um, as we touched on, you know, a, a lot going on in the news 
uh, with with Kenny and Cody both just in the last couple days. Kenny losing the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom back to Tanahashi, uh, so they're they're getting Tanahashi back up and running. And it feels like it was really kind of a transitional show for uh, New Japan in that there's a lot of questions in part because of uh, All Elite Wrestling about where many of their top stars um, are, are going to be headed. It feels like they're kind of closing ranks and and uh, getting behind their guys. You know, the title back on uh, Naito as well. Um, and it's sort of up in the air. I mean, we know Cody's involved with All Elite. We, we now know Chris Jericho is involved uh, with All Elite. Um, I, I don't think, as of when we're recording this, anything is official with Omega, and he's thrown out different kind of uh, signals out there about where he might end up. Um, what do you think 2019 might have in store for Kenny Omega? I would assume uh, All Elite Wrestling. I think that's where he's going to go. I remember, I, I think it was last year, maybe this year. I think it was last year. Um, it could have been the year before because it seems like it's been going on for a while, but it seems that he does these one-year contracts with New Japan yeah. that expire in January, and every year there's this buzz about Kenny Omega and the Royal Rumble, and I think he's just kind of purposely trolling us. He likes to kind of do that, and you know, it's just it pops him, I guess. Uh, I don't see him in WWE. I know WWE is interested, um, although I don't even think that, personally, I don't think that Kenny Omega will really get over in WWE. Um, he, he's, I don't think his personality will really translate to a WWE product, but I could be wrong on that. I think there are a dozen guys on the WWE roster who could be uh, Kenny Omega. Um, Dolph Ziggler, several others who, who are just underutilized, um, and I don't know if he would be the megastar that he is in New Japan in WWE. Um, so I would expect him to go with all elite wrestling and, and make a run with that and see how things go. Um, yeah, if I had to take my pick, that's probably where where I would expect him to go. That said, my vote for um, where he should go, and this this might be a little, uh, I don't know, controversial, but maybe counterintuitive, I do think he should give WWE a try. I mean, I think it's sort of, um, it's the right time. Uh, in part with just w with what we just touched on, I think there is uh, a void there that he could help fill. Um, I think he's the right age. I think uh, it would be a big coup to WWE in the Royal Rumble um, to to have him as a surprise entrant. Uh, remember, uh, SmackDown's moving over to to Fox. I don't know if it is it later this year or next year. I think it's the end of this year. I believe it's this year. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they're, they they need to get some more uh, top stars up and running. We still don't know what the future is of uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, other guys, whether it's Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins, they're sort of a work in progress. Uh, but there are hints that uh, we've seen their ceiling already. And even if Omega uh, doesn't catch fire in WWE, uh, I think it might be worth the investment and worth the sizable investment. Uh, I, I think it would get a lot of attention. And, you know, it reminds me of when AJ came over, whatever it is now, three, four years ago. Uh, it, it feels like it would have that kind of buzz. I, Omega's not as recognizable as Styles was because Styles had uh, the the exposure on American television with, with TNA, and, and Omega hasn't uh, as much. Um, but I, I think he's got a lot of buzz. Um, you know, I think he's done it all in New Japan. And All Elite is very much, I mean... Uh, a question mark. The jury is very much out. I am a lot more <clears throat> uh, uh, reserved in in my optimism of of uh, what it could be. I mean, certainly they've got some some big money backers, but the 
I don't think they they compete with WWE uh, for sure. Could they be a a dominant force on the independents? Could they be a, a big money maker? Could they uh, certainly overtake uh, TNA and and maybe even Ring of Honor? I, I think that's possible. Uh, but I think Omega could come over WWE right now and uh, get a easily a seven figure uh, salary. And I don't, I don't have his age in front of me, but I gotta think he's in his mid thirties and maybe even uh, upper thirties. I don't know how many more years you have to to cash in, so it might be the right time. Yeah, and the thing is, I think that he may have another few years ahead of him, but uh, um, I almost see him when he, I think he will make it to WWE. Um, but I almost see him doing it like uh, Nakamura, um, where maybe it's a little bit past his prime, wants to slow things down a little bit and just kind of take the easy pay in the payout. Um, I think that right now he's still in his prime. He's still wrestling great matches. AEW really would need somebody of his caliber if they have any hope of getting off the ground. Uh, so I think that they may really try to tap into him and, and lure some interest from Japan and, and from other places, all the people who have been hearing about this, Kenny Omega, the guy who was number one in the PWI 500 on the cover of the mainstream uh, magazine in the U.S., even though he doesn't wrestle in, in the North America. Um, so I think there's definitely a lot of interest, and um, I think that AEW is, is really going to go after him. But, yeah, at some point he'll be in WWE. I just think it'll be a little bit later than sooner. Yeah, he's 35. I just checked. So, yeah, it, it is kind of that age where you got to start making these decisions. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, tag team of the year. I, I'd imagine there weren't a whole lot of uh, candidates, at least uh, in, in North America or in WWE in particular, for this. Uh, who takes it this year? What's your gut instinct? Who do you think took the, uh, the prize? I would have guessed uh, the Young Bucks. You got it. Second consecutive year of the Young Bucks. Uh, kind of a weak field. I mean, not to you know denigrate anything that the Young Bucks have done. They, like Cody, like Kenny Omega, they've been involved with All In, with New Japan, with, with this entire resurgence on the independence. Um, and they are a marketing phenomenon with their T-shirts and everything else. And they are an innovative tag team. They, they won the IWGT titles, not the junior tag titles, but the actual IWGT heavyweight tag titles uh, this year. Um, but the, they beat out the New Day as the first runner-up. Uh, and over the past four or five years, basically, those two have been flip-flopping back and forth. It's, it's always either Young Bucks or New Day, um, which is really kind of telling because I think it's more of an indictment that a lot of teams aren't staying together for that long. And the Bucks and the New Day had this kind of longevity, and they're they're kind of uh, you know rotating around the top spot each year. Uh, second runner-up was uh, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly from NXT, and uh, a little bit of a surprise. The third runner-up was LAX from Impact, which okay. I believe, yeah, that's our only Impact um, runner-up or award winner uh, in this year's balloting, which really just shows you. Well, actually, that's not true. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, surprisingly. Uh, was a second runner-up in the inspirational uh, category behind Roman Reigns. Okay. Um, he's who kind of, a, kind of so ran so away with that one. Yeah, but uh, you really see how impact has just fallen off. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost completely off the radar in our uh, respondents' point of view this year. Yeah, and maybe there's an opportunity to, to weave in a little more current events and, and that being homecoming over the weekend. I, I saw bits and portions of it, and I was um, – <clears throat> uh, uh, my, my nine-year-old son was asking me about it and what it was, and I told him, well, you know, uh, when when this company, TNA, started, whatever it is, 18 years ago, they used to run out of this little building, um, and I actually got to go to a show there once back in 2004, and it was a good time. I mean, it was that's the building that I believe uh, Jeff Jarrett and his late wife spent all night 
painting black so it would be uh, presentable on TV. I remember that story. Uh, but, but you know, a, a really small building. And 18 years later, I was explaining to him, um, you know, they're, they're celebrating by going back there. And he said, wouldn't that be like if we moved out of our little house to a big giant mansion and then moved back to our little house and celebrated <laughs> that we were back in our little house? And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and, and, it would, but, but, but Impact never really quite had that mansion. No, but I mean, <laughs> they a, yeah, they were on Spike TV um, then... uh, doing 2 million viewers uh, a week some years ago and running some good size arenas. I mean, I've, I've seen I've, – I've, I've gone to Impact shows in their height – uh, I mean, the buildings weren't full, but in some buildings that, uh, you know, hold whatever it is, 5,000, and and they've had, you know, crowds as big as, I don't know, 3,000. Remember those UK shows uh, probably four or five years ago where Sting was a part of them um, that were, were packed? And to go from that to, uh, and it's not just the size of the crowd, but really the production value has fallen off. Um, yeah, it, it's like that scene in Spinal Tap where yeah. uh, after Nigel Tufnell leaves the band and they're, they're at a amusement park and the marquee says puppet show in Spinal Tap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Impact is now. They're <laughs> they're, they're uh, playing second fiddle at uh, little amphitheaters in front of a dozen people, it feels like. Yeah, comparatively I mean, speaking. whenever a promotion does one of those video packages where they, they go over their past and their early days and you kind of see them through the years – the 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 point is to think like wow we've come so far from there uh but you watch those and and their whole opening to a homecoming uh which was on youtube you you could watch it had a lot of that footage and it's just depressing because it's like i mean they always were deeply deeply flawed but you remember there there was a while there where they were a player you know and they were you know destination television and, and and you'd go watch them and uh this just felt I don't know, like a televised indie. And, uh, you know, that said, uh, LAX, who you just mentioned, had a heck of a match on that show. Um, so uh, yep. that was fun to watch. And there's other stuff. I mean, you know, whenever you talk about impact, you got to throw in the caveat. None of this is a reflection on, on their talent, which uh, works really hard. And even at this point, I don't even think it's really a reflection on their creative. It's just a reality of, of where they are after uh, whatever it is, 18 years of, of missteps. <clears throat> Let me apologize for, for my voice. I'm, I'm a little under the weather. Um, okay, so uh, moving on, what else do we have? Uh, let's talk about match of the year. Match of the year. Um, it was the match that blew up the, the Meltzer scale. Uh, yeah. Kenny Omega versus Otada at Dominion. Um, it, it was kind of an obvious choice. I mean, there was a lot of great matches, uh, but this one really it had the prestige of the, the title change, the long-awaited moment for Kenny Omega, Um you know, it wasn't kind of a throwaway match on a B pay-per-view or on Raw or something like that. It had a substantial build-up to it, and the guys delivered. Uh, it, it told a great story, the best of three falls match. Omega wins two of those to finally get the monkey off his back and beat Okada to win the IWGP title. Uh, so that was the big winner for match of the year. Um, interestingly, though, the, the runners-up, uh, there's some really strange ones. I, well, I would consider them strange that, that made runner-up. Uh, the number one runner-up was actually Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and um, Stephanie McMahon. That was a great match. Um, it was a great match, but you think of you know all of the great, fantastic matches that happened this year, um, you know on the Indies and NXT and in New Japan um, that you know Ronda's debut in a match featuring Stephanie McMahon uh, was yeah. the top runner-up. 
Um, well, WrestleMania, uh, and, and this used to be sort of the WrestleMania category, right? It used to be, uh, especially when Shawn Michaels was was uh, regularly part of WrestleMania, it was what WrestleMania match is going to be match of the year. And a match at WrestleMania is always going to get that extra boost from being on that stage. It's just that the last several WrestleManias um, have been missing that really stellar, memorable match of the year candidate. And um, this was it. I mean, it was you had really good work on the part of pros like Kurt Angle and and Triple H. You had that comeback fact comeback factor of Triple H and 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 Kurt. These these legends. You had the spectacle factor with Ronda's debut. I thought it was, in some ways, the perfect WWE match for for what WWE uh, presents and a super hot crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the second runner-up in that category, another one with Kenny Omega, was Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Uh, again, huge hype for that. Uh, the match itself, I wasn't particularly blown away by, but again, that stage and the the feeling of this is an iconic dream match that we're seeing right here, I think really kind of contributed to that. Yeah. And then another bit of a surprise was um, the uh, Evolution uh, Last Woman Standing match between Charlotte and um, Becky Lynch. That's really good, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised um, Andrade Sinyamas and uh, Johnny Gargano is not on that. Exactly, yeah, same same with me. And speaking of which, uh, Gargano versus Ciampa uh, was our feud of the year. So um, okay. there there was definitely the, the fan support for that. I think what really happened, though, is, um, and this, this is something we see with the voting patterns at the Achievement Awards, um, the ballot comes out in November or so, uh, maybe late October, early November, and it's, uh, you know, fans will think of the things that are more recent yeah. than the things that happened earlier in the year. So the Evolution match, the Charlotte versus Becky Lynch, was kind of fresh in everyone's memory at that time. And it may have bumped out some of those thoughts of, you know, the, the unsanctioned fight and some of the other matches between those two and some of the other matches that might be up for contention in this category. Yeah, yeah. So that makes Okada and Omega the uh, winner for 2017, the first runner-up for 2017, and the winner for 2018. That is really incredible. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how much I agree with all of those. I mean, I, I, we've talked about this, and I think we're on the same page that some of that's a little exaggerated. I think, um, but terrific matches, absolutely. You know, I, I do wonder how much of that is you, you put it out there in, in the 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 atmosphere. Uh, this is the greatest match ever, and because um, frankly, I got to think a lot of people haven't even seen that match and and maybe are, are um uh you know you're told it's the greatest match ever so you say it's the greatest match ever but uh i don't know yeah um yeah it, it's true but at least the thing is now you've got it on on youtube i mean yeah. you know it's it, it you can go out there you can find it even if it's not the officially streamed or something you know because obviously a company will sometimes not want their matches that you have to pay for to be out for free uh, but they have a way. I mean, if you look, you can find them online. And, uh, you know, once that buzz gets out there, people may not have watched the match in the moment, uh, but in the days and weeks following it, um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to find it. And so, yeah, I think that a lot of people would have seen it, but I, I think certainly the buzz uh, contributed to the, the results in this uh, category. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Omega versus Tanahashi? I haven't yet. No, haven't I'm still either. a little bit behind after the, the holidays. So, yeah. uh, no. No I, <clears throat> no, I haven't either. I haven't seen any of it. Um, I'm curious. You know, it's, once again, Melter's out there saying it's, you know, one of the greatest uh, of all time. And, uh, you know, it's not that I don't trust his judgment. I mean, he's usually uh, right on, but but I think his tastes are maybe different than, than some others. 
Um, okay, uh, you mentioned it, so so why don't we just jump into Feud of the Year. It goes to Champa and Gargano. Uh, a hell of a feud. I was lucky enough to see two of those matches uh, in person over WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans and then in uh, Brooklyn. Um, I like the Brooklyn one more, the, the last man standing match. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just old school hatred um, done so, so well. And without, you know, uh, again, not to dump on, on WWE proper, uh, Raw or SmackDown, but it's the kind of feud that you wouldn't see there because I, I think they'd get in, in their own way. Um, you know, they'd end up having one of them run the other one over with a truck, uh, you know. And <laughs> and, and I, I think to, uh, you know, again, my, my kids are often like my gauge for some of this stuff. And, and my older son uh, is into wrestling. My younger son couldn't give a damn about uh, he he just turned eight, so uh, when he was seven, we were watching the the one of the matches on TV. I forget what it was, or the build up to one of the matches, and it was where uh, Gargano took or uh, Champa took Gargano's wedding ring and threw it into the audience. And he still talks about that whenever I bring NXT up. That that little moment um, stuck with him, you know. I guess knowing like, wow, that's a really terrible thing to do to, to your former friend. Yeah. Um, but that's just a, a little thing that works so well. Absolutely, yeah, and and it's funny because what it beat out the the number one uh, runner up uh, for feud was uh, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Really good. And now too. that's another one that had could have had that intensity, but I think WWE, like you said, kind of got in their own way. They made it where Samoa Joe was making the creepy promos about AJ's wife, and yeah, and children's it, book, it, and it was all just, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it just didn't. It, it wasn't organic the way the Champa Gargano one was. I mean, they were this team that came up together. They didn't get around the independence. They were DIY. They were in NXT and in the Dusty Rhodes classic uh, without having an NXT developmental contract yet. And, and kind of made their way up together where uh, Trampa lived at Gargano's home. And, you know, it, it, so when, when the turn came, it was believable and it was intense. Uh, whereas uh, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, those guys have been wrestling each other for the better part of the past 12 years. Okay. You know, it's just happening again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joe's great though. You know, I mean, matches, Joe took the uh, uh, you know made made the proverbial uh, chicken salad out of you don't want because he was uh, terrific yeah. even in some of the real cornball stuff stuff that should not have worked. Again, reading the children's book and and you know whatever it is going to break into his his house and attack his wife uh, as as cornball as some of that stuff was. Joe was always great in all of it. Yeah. Uh, the second runner-up in that was uh, The Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Again, I think that seems more, it seems better on paper. Um, yeah. I don't think they had a lot of classic matches between the two of them, but the rivalry is very interesting. Uh, and the third is uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar as the runner-up. And, you know, that, that was probably WWE's top featured feud for at least most of the year. Although, you know, with Reigns' part-time schedule and, and, and everything else, they only had a few opportunities to actually square off. So um, those were the runners up for the feud of the year. Yeah, I, I really disagree with with Reigns and Lesnar. I mean, uh, I think it, as you said, they it wasn't the lack of trying. They they wanted you to perceive that feud as a big feud, but I don't think fans ever really bought in. Um, and every just about every match they had was a real disappointment. So uh, and and I and after all of them, I don't remember fans clamoring to see more. I mean, it was the opposite. Um, when when after WrestleMania they booked 
uh, the cage match in uh, Saudi Arabia. I remember kind of a collective groan by fans of, really? We've got to see this again. Uh, So, yeah, I disagree. What, what, what again, was uh, the second runner-up? Second runner-up was uh, Miz and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got so many years to draw on there, and at its best, it was pretty good. And if you watch that... um, uh, that video package that ran in, uh, on the Go Home Show before SummerSlam, where it recapped all the different chapters of their their rivalry. Yeah, uh, that was terrific, really well done. But then the payoff was I, their SummerSlam match was fine, um, even good. Uh, the 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 mixed tag rematch, a, a little less so, and then the uh, I guess what you could call the blow off match at uh, Crown Jewel was nothing it was whatever it was a minute long and just just bizarre exactly so kind of petered out the whole thing yeah um okay uh what else do we have uh most popular wrestler of the year this is kind of you know sort of a relic of the past and, and one that's been both the most popular and most hated uh sometimes feel a little antiquated just because how fans tastes have, have changed uh over the years uh, you know the the traditional babyface role, the traditional heel role has evolved so much. It's always particularly interesting uh, how these uh, go. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had WWE's top babyface win most hated wrestler of the year. Uh, and not knowing yeah. how it how it went this year, uh, why don't we start with uh, most popular wrestler of the year? Well, you actually touched on it earlier. I, I was going to go into it, and, and I held off, but uh, AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, you talked about him going to the show and seeing all the kids wearing the gloves and everything like that. Uh, he he really is kind of the merchandise guy, especially with John Cena being more of a, a part-time uh, commodity right now, and you know AJ just kind of stepped in. Uh, so AJ Styles uh, as most popular. Uh, the runners up in the category number one runner-up was um, uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to read my own handwriting here, but no, it's, it's Seth Rollins. Uh, then Becky Lynch at two, and Ronda Rousey at three. I so, think that's a good um, list. Yeah. Yeah, I might yeah. have flipped. Uh, actually, I might reverse the order on the uh, the, the runners up and have Ronda, Becky, and Seth. That's exactly. It. I was reading my handwriting and I have Rollins, Lynch, Rousey, and I'm like, wait, should that be Rousey, Lynch, yeah. Rollins? Maybe I miswrote that. But because yeah, it, it does seem there were times where uh, Ronda Rousey was was unquestionably the hottest babyface in WWE for a period of time, for a few months, until the emergence of Becky Lynch. Uh, once Becky really kind of took off, uh, I think that there was a little bit of a backlash against Ronda Rousey, and uh, that, that that popularity has kind of waned a little bit, um, which, you know, it's just leading to WrestleMania, and whether it's Ronda versus Becky or more likely Ronda versus Becky versus Charlotte, uh, it's definitely simmering, and, and that looks to be um, really the, the hottest match going into 2019 right now. Yeah, yeah. One note on, on AJ and, and the merch uh, and I don't know how much he has to do with it, but his merch is is really great because, and you don't say this about a whole lot of wrestlers, it looks pretty cool, right? So Cena, for whatever it was, 15 years, was the big merch seller, and he always had the new T-shirts out. But by and large, and, and I, I think you notice it even more now when he comes back, um, and haven't seen him in, in a while, it's so gaudy and bright and colorful. He's just like a walking like neon sign. Um yeah. And he's always been a little corny with the jorts and all that stuff. Uh, AJ, uh, you know, people give him a hard time about his soccer mom hair, but he's a cool-looking dude, right? He's got <laughs> the, uh, the the leather vest with the hoodie, uh, the gloves with the logo on it. Uh, all that stuff is just 
just really great looking. The colors work real well. They're sort of muted. There was the black and blue. Now he's moved to like this neon yellow. Um, so that goes a long way. Just have merch that you wouldn't be embarrassed to wearing in, in public. Um, yeah, you know, um, back over back over the summer, my uh, my nephew uh, had a, a medical scare, had to have some uh, brain surgery actually. Um, and WWE, uh, yeah, I'm friends with some people over there, and, and they they put together a little bit of a, a merch package to send him, just to hey, feel better. Uh, and AJ contributed a bunch of stuff. Oh, that's great. And uh, my nephew, he runs around wearing the gloves and the shirts, and, and, and he, it's not, he's more he, he doesn't know AJ Styles that well, but he loves the gear. And then because he got the cool gloves and all this stuff, that's when he kind of got into AJ Styles a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you're right. It is, it is something that, uh, it looks good. The kids like it and, uh, you know, and, and he's a great guy. So, I mean, it's, it all works out. Yeah. Yeah. My son's name is AJ. So he likes it even that much more. He, there you go. he gets all the, the gear <laughs> and, and, uh, loves that it's got his initials on it. Um, okay. So, uh, most, that was most popular. Let's talk about most hated of the year. All right. Well, who would be your uh, who would be your pick for most? Who days? would be? You know, it could be a tough year. Let me think about. I know. Uh, gosh, you know, I mean, you think about the guys who've been pushed as top heels, and by and large, they weren't successful. I mean, I guess Brock Lesnar. You got it. Brock really? Lesnar, wow. Okay. Number one is the most hated. Yeah. That's very much uh, a, a, like by default. I would say. Exactly, and I think it was just because they, because WWE did such an, a, a job going into WrestleMania to get the fans to cheer for Roman Reigns, where Lesnar wasn't you know refusing to wrestle, and he beat up Paul Heyman and all of that stuff, and he was at the arena but wouldn't come out, and and they really portrayed him as a guy who just didn't want to be there, and he had given up for for UFC, and 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 they they worked, they 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 healed him, uh, so uh, it worked, and he got the, the most hated award this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, I'm not crazy about that one. I mean, I think it also speaks to, you know, and and, and historically, WWE has been better about uh, uh, creating, writing heels than baby faces, and uh, I, I think they've been falling a little flat as of late. And part of it is some of the guys who, who are their best heels uh, for whatever reasons, uh, you know, in, in Kevin Owens' uh, uh, situation, he's been hurt for a little while. Other guys, they've they've needed to move over to the babyface side because they're, um, you know, had had a void there to fill. Braun Strowman comes to mind, uh, but yeah, kind of a a weak crop and not getting better. I think Dean Ambrose is is not working well as a heel at all. Um, Daniel Bryan's been terrific. I mean, it it, it came late in the year. So he might be a big player uh, this year, uh, but I'm just watching SmackDown last night, and that uh, the the opening segment with him going through the crowd and and throwing the sodas on people. I don't know how much you saw it, but it was so great. I mean, really terrific, terrific stuff. He he's onto a real special character. Yeah. And uh, the runners up in that category from most hated uh, number one runner up was Tommaso Ciampa, uh, who yes. is you know just the classical. Terrific. or heel, you know, you mentioned the term old school earlier. You don't get more old school heel than, yes. uh, than Champa. Uh, Samoa Joe at number two. And number three, and I think that this is a good pick, um, Baron Corbin. Um, you know, Corbin was, I mean, he was never a main event player, but as the authority figure on Raw, he was just this kind of heat magnet in the, the Vicky Guerrero sense. And uh, I think that it's good because they finally found something for Baron to, uh, to do, and it, it, it worked out. Uh, where he goes from here now that he's no longer in that position, I don't know. But uh, I think it was a good fit, and uh, I, I like seeing him as at least the third runner-up in this category. Yeah, I think that's a good list. I mean, the question with Corbin is, 
is it the right kind of heat, you know? Um, I, I, I think at his best, he actually is a very uh, effective heel. Um, maybe hasn't been cast quite right in, in recent months and probably benefits from, from not being in that uh, authority figure spot anymore. Um, all right, what else we got? Uh, all right, I got, I got two other categories that are related here. And, okay. and, and one of them, I think that in, in a lot of ways, this is the story of the issue, I think, um, and, and really the story of, of wrestling going into 2019. Um, the Rookie of the Year. Uh, with 87% of the vote was Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I would say you could just call um, this the Ronda Rousey Award. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but she did not break the record for the highest percentage for a Rookie of the Year of all time. She oh, fell goodness. one percentage point behind the Giant, uh, who won oh, Rookie okay. of the Year in 1996. And if you remember, that's when he won the you know, WCW World title in his first year. Right. Um, yeah. So it was close, but Ronda Rousey with 87%. Everybody else is a, a distance, you know, distant contender in that. Uh, and, and actually, uh, you know, strangely enough, um, uh, two of the, not even a runner-up, but in the votes for others category, uh, two uh, guys from Western New York where I live, um, who I actually wrote my straight shooter column about in the, the next issue, uh, Puff and Daniel Garcia, uh, both rookies, are, they were in a pretty horrific car accident a couple days ago. Um, four of the guys, uh, they're all recovering. They're all doing well now. They have some broken bones, broken legs, still in the hospital. Uh, Pop's doing good. Garcia's in rough shape, but he's, he's recovering well. But, uh, yeah, so those were two of the guys who, who received other votes in that category. Um, but, yeah, coincidentally, uh, that was uh, something that happened to them over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, and I got to see uh, get get a glimpse of your your column and its powerful stuff. Uh, look forward to it uh, running. Uh, yeah, this was as as much a no brainer as there's gonna be. Um, you know what's interesting is very often when when you have somebody really break out in their first year in WWE, sometimes we're we're inclined to to think like, well, this has got to be the the rookie of the year. But they actually have been wrestling for a number of years, so they don't qualify. Yeah. Uh, Ronda really, I mean, in in the truest sense of the word, was was a rookie. I mean, that has has she still has not had her first anniversary of her first match, um, and uh, just terrific in in every way. We've talked about it a lot. I I won't go over it so much, but uh, yeah, I don't think since maybe Kurt Angle have you seen somebody yeah. get it um, this quickly. And even Kurt uh, had years of of seasoning in um, WWE's territorial their developmental system before coming over to uh wwe uh ronda just right out of the gate fantastic um and then the related category to that is woman of the year and uh this is the one that was interesting uh woman of the year was actually becky lynch uh becky lynch beat out ronda rousey uh again ronda rousey was uh, number one in the women's 100 uh becky lynch gets the top spot in the fan vote uh, again, uh, she won the title later in the year. She, you know, really had that kind of the moment, you know, the, the Nia Jax punch that broke her nose and bloodied her face and, you know, the, the whole thing. Uh, it just kind of galvanized and took off. And, and she's been, you know, just killing it on social media since uh, to a point where Becky is the uh, the cover woman for the uh, the issue. You know, I believe, yeah, it's got to be. It's the first time that uh, the annual uh, Achievement Awards has had a woman on the cover. Uh, it's normally kind of a no-brainer to go with the, the wrestler of the year or the collage of your, your top, you know, award winners. Um, but, you know, she was uh, the, the number one uh, selection for the, the front cover. 
and a great looking cover uh, a really awesome uh we got becky to uh, pose with her uh, plaque her her award plaque and uh just looks great i mean i think it's going to be a, a super hot seller uh, just just based off the cover, it does feel that it it's almost and and this is um what's great about the the fan voting versus what we do at the at the uh, PWI five hundred or or many other times that we do these kind of rankings over the years is it it's up to the fans and um clearly more than her, just her achievements in the ring over the year went into this. I mean, it does feel like. She's the hot hand um, in in the company, as, as we've talked about, that is in desperate need of that next breakout star. She feels like she's the closest thing to it. Uh, and, you know, it's just great to see somebody with, with the swagger and the confidence. Uh, and I, I think fans uh, recognize that and, and rewarded that. Yeah, and, and Becky got 40% of the fan vote. Wow. Um, Ronda got 36 so it was it was close. I mean, the two of them came, combined for seventy six percent of the vote, uh, which is pretty incredible when you consider that Asuka was undefeated for a good portion of the year. Charlotte's out there. Um, you know, there are Io. You've got uh, you know Tyree Sane, two yeah. others uh, who, who could have been contenders for this. Um, even Carmella. Carmella had a, a very good year. You know, uh, with with her run on SmackDown. Uh, but yeah, the two of them combined for seventy six percent of the vote, and Becky uh, got the edge. Who were uh, second and third runner-up? Actually, I don't have that written down in front of me. I believe, okay. from memory, I believe from memory it would have been uh, Carmella was one of the runners-up in Asuka, I think, but it, it could have been Charlotte. Well, Asuka would make sense for winning the Rumble and, and going undefeated for a good portion of, uh, I guess, the first quarter of the year. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, after that, let's see, what's left? Uh, comeback of the year. Ah, okay. Come back of the year um, with seventy-three percent of the vote. Uh, it was one of the more one-sided, uh, you know, uh, results. Uh, Daniel Bryan. I mean, okay. It yeah. was, you know, such a, a feel-good story. Daniel Bryan coming back and being able to wrestle, getting his medical clearance again. Um, the moment at WrestleMania, his his entrance was pretty incredible. You know, just the reaction of the fans and seeing Daniel Bryan doing the yes chant again and in his gear, not in street clothes. Uh, after that, I think it kind of fizzled a bit. Um, yes. He, he didn't really accomplish too much. Uh, the loss to Miz and SummerSlam, and then the heel turn really picked up. Uh, but, you know, then now he's a, a heel, and, and, and it lost a lot of that kind of, um, you know, welcome home, get the, the hero's welcome again. Uh, yeah. But at the time, it was just a really – not even just at the time. At the time, it felt incredible. But I think that it's also a really good sign that somebody – uh, as much as WWE and the current climate is being overprotective uh, of some of the wrestlers or are trying to be overprotective um, and getting their medical clearance and making sure that they follow a concussion protocol and doing what they can, it's good to see that somebody was able to say, I want a second opinion, get the second opinion, the third, the fourth, the fifth opinion, go back and, and have WWE say, you know something, you, you're right, we'll, we'll, we'll give you another shot, we'll do this, um, which is even more impressive, not so much just the, the physical act that he made the comeback, but that he had the perseverance to continue and, and continue fighting for it because he really wanted to be an active competitor again. And, and that in and of itself is a uh, pretty inspirational and, and it really made for a good comeback story. Yeah. And, and that perseverance continued throughout the year as you touched on, because he, um, you know, again, he, he wasn't setting the world on fire uh, right out of the gate, you know, at, at WrestleMania, he was part of this, 
uh, kind of strange tag team match teaming up with Shane, who was dealing with his own stomach problems. So, so that match probably wasn't as uh, good as it could have been. And also came on a show that was pretty loaded. So, I mean, I, I was there in, in the, um, the Superdome. I remember by the time that, you know, Daniel Bryan came out, it, it felt like a big deal, but not as big a deal as it could have. And then he went in yeah. right into a feud with big casts of all people. You know, um, that was just inexplicable. Uh, so it it really was, it, it's only been the last few months that he really uh, got his stride. And, and it was with, you know, turning heel on AJ, winning the title, that terrific match with Brock Lesnar. Uh, and then just the last few weeks, what he's done with this character it feels like now we we finally have uh, Daniel Bryan back. It, it's almost more a 2019 story than a 2018 story. Um, okay, who else is on that list if you have it? In terms of the comeback, that's the only one that I uh, that I noted down. Okay. Um, yeah, because Daniel Bryan, he won it pretty, um, you know, pretty single-handed with 73%. Uh, with inspirational, what I did note, um, some of the runners up in the inspirational, again, Roman Reigns got that. Um, really because of a leukemia announcement, obviously, yeah. and the fact that just uh, such a heartfelt, emotional, unscripted speech that he gave uh, when he revealed that and vacated the championship. Um, but the first runner-up in the inspirational category, uh, Cody Rhodes, um, really, I'm a little, I'm very surprised by it, honestly. I, I think it might just be because of the feel-good uh, moment of him winning the championship that his father once wore, the NWA title, uh, but also just because he was able to survive and and really do well, succeed for himself outside of WWE. He's one of the few guys who asked for his release, got it, and went on to bigger and better things on his own. Um, another kind of inexplicable one to me, I, I, was, I was surprised, but uh, Tommy Dreamer was the second yeah. runner-up. Um, and I think it was really just kind of for his role in Impact and, and there with Eddie Edwards and, and, and really just kind of continuing on and being a mentor to some of the guys and wrestling some very kind of intense matches, uh, you know, continuing that level of, of commitment to the game. Yeah. And then uh, third runner up was uh, Lufisto. Uh, okay. Lufisto, uh, independent woman wrestler. Um, she had uh, been diagnosed with, with cancer. I believe it was cervical cancer. Uh, I don't know if it was cervical or uterine, but I think it was cervical cancer. Um, she made the announcement on, on social media and uh, she was back in the ring a, a very short time later. Um, you know, she was kind of, she has told me she doesn't want to be known as the, you know, the wrestler with cancer, but she really liked the um, really loved the, the support and the outgrowth of, of support that, that came her way. And I think it got a lot of people to, um, you know, in a much smaller scale, it, it put things on the radar the same way that Roman Reigns leukemia uh, put leukemia on the radar. I think he got more people talking about uh, various cancers, cervical, uterine, and other cancers yeah. women. Um, but uh, she's she's made a, a full recovery and she's doing well. And it was really nice to see her get the uh, the third runner up spot. That's good. Yeah, and hope for the same for uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, I think he was a no brainer for for the category after uh, his news. Uh, I, I'm okay with the Cody uh, uh, placement. You know it. it Maybe not even so much because the NWA title, but what he was able to pull off uh, with All In and All In being kind of the culmination of this journey that really began when he was in WWE and and then left WWE. And, and you remember that that list that he circulated on social media, his kind of wish list for what he wanted to do after leaving WWE yeah. and uh, that he accomplished it and, and more. I mean, now knowing what we do over the last week about 
uh, all elite wrestling it it's it is inspirational it's the definition of inspirational um uh tommy dreamer just a, a quick note i saw him on on uh, homecoming over the weekend and the funny thing about dreamer uh is that for for so many years i think people were kind of picking on him for his uh appearance and now closing in on 50 he, he's 47 it's sort of come full circle where he just looked that bad it's like <laughs> he, he looked maybe not so good at, for a 40 year old guy but for a 47 year old guy it's like you know tommy's holding up okay uh so yeah, uh, he grew in he grew into it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um, and I, I just, uh, I'll throw in a note here about maybe a contender in 2019. Uh, and I bring him up because I'm going to talk to him later today for, for an interview that will feature here, uh, in the coming weeks, David Arquette out of all people. I mean, I think the story of David Arquette is, is really amazing. Uh, uh, a guy he was who my, uh, he was, was, yeah, was he in the mix? He was my memory of the year. Oh, really? Uh, we, we have to do our little thing about a memory. Yeah. And I, I talked about David Arquette, um, because, I know RJ City, who I know RJ really well. Uh, he's a guy who kind of goaded David back in, and they had the match in championship wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, I got to meet David at uh, a Rise show in Chicago, and the guy is just so excited to be a part of wrestling and, and humble and sits and watches all the matches. Yeah. Talks about, I mean, he's not just a, a guy making a celebrity appearance. He's there focused on the show and wants to know what's going on, and, and uh, he's really a, a – he went from being the biggest joke in wrestling yep. history to being a real, you know, like, yeah, this guy is a credit to wrestling. I mean, yeah, Cornette and others have, have kind of run him down and, you know, wrestling the, the match against Nick Gage was, you know, pretty crazy. Uh, but he turns eyes onto the sport. He's on TMZ and he's taking it seriously and he's having fun with it, which is really cool to see. Yeah, and, and a guy who didn't need to do this. I mean, a guy who's got a successful Hollywood career and, and all of that. Um, but I think it... As, as a lifelong fan, and, and he's done a lot of the kind of the podcast uh, uh, stuff, and you, you hear him, and, and he was a fan for a long time, and I think it legitimately kind of irked him that he was this punchline, you know, in, in a business that he had a real affection for and wanted to kind of write that, you know, at whatever age he is, uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to actually do this, and uh, starting at the, the very, very bottom, but, you know, trying to earn some credibility, and bizarre for a guy who began as world champion uh and is now an up-and-coming uh indie wrestler so uh i, th I just think it's a really cool story and, and uh interested to see where it goes in 2019 um okay what do we got left not a lot right and you got the only, run the only other award is yeah I, i've got to run in a moment but the only other award is uh the stanley weston award um which is kind of the editor's award what the magazine gives to somebody it's the highest honor that we that we have with pro wrestling illustrated uh, and this year, I thought it was really kind of notable. Uh, it went to Antonio Inoki. Okay. And Inoki was the man who started New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you, you look at how big New Japan has become. Uh, Inoki was the, 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 you know, the prime mover who got that up and off the ground. Um, but he was also one of the pioneers with what would today be mixed martial arts. Yeah. Uh, he was a guy who was taking uh, grappling and judo and striking and putting it together uh, from back to his, his you know, shoot fight against Muhammad Ali uh, through a variety of different incarnations of MMA that he presented in Japan. And you really look at uh, Anoki, uh, looking back from 2019, the impact that he had on the sport in creating New Japan and helping popularize and begin to uh, take the idea of let's not just have boxers against boxers or kick fighters against kick fighters. Let's, let's blend it and see what we can do and see what is the best technique. Um, that's what the sport has turned into. And, and you really have to look back and think of him as, as an absolute visionary, a little bit crazy at times, maybe, yeah. 
Um, but he uh, he really has left an indelible mark on wrestling, uh, unlike many other people in, in the sports history. Yeah, and still still alive, still ticking, uh, still involved in, in Japanese politics. And, in fact, he, yeah, he even gave us a comment. We we got oh, some quotes great. from him for the magazine too. So yeah, he was he was very happy to get the award. Yeah, yeah, and and as you touched on, I mean, it feels like the right time to do it with everything we've seen uh, with New Japan over the last couple of years. Um, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on it. Probably a guy who I would think would be in the short list for this award uh, this coming year, Mean Gene Okerlund, who who passed away since we last recorded. Um, I know we're we're short on time here, but you know, unfortunately, we we lose uh, a, a lot of wrestling legends every year. We certainly had our our share in 2018 uh but it's not often that you can call somebody the very best at what he did you know and i think that is the case with mean gene it, it's not just somebody who was you know uh an icon a legend all these superlative superlatives that people throw out but he was the very best at at that uh, uh piece of the business the the interviewer the backstage guy the the you know the the throw to me Gene at the SummerSlam uh, uh, report center whatever it was all that stuff uh, nobody did it better and uh, really interesting to see that he, the yeah. outpouring for him. He was a consummate straight man in a in a field of all these outrageous characters, which made them even more outrageous compared to him. But what was one of my favorite things? He was just so razor sharp and so quick. Was uh, he had such a rapport with a lot of the guys? Randy Savage is one. He had some great interviews yeah. with Randy Savage. And at one point, Randy Savage, it was in WCW, he, he, out of nowhere, Savage, just being Randy Savage, points at Okerlund and goes, your mustache is crooked. <laughs> and without hesitating, Okerlund looks at him and goes, yeah, well, your beard's a little off kilter, too. And <laughs> Savage just like, didn't know what to say and kind of like looks down. He's like, well, that's okay. <laughs> he was, he was not, he, not as quick as, as Okerlund. Okerlund could take whatever anybody threw at him. Even if it was the Ultimate Warrior doing kind of a nonsensical uh, promo, and you could see Oakland do a little eye roll and do little yeah. stuff, like he added so much to it and brought his own character as opposed to being what we have today, uh, nine times out of ten, just somebody holding a mic. You know, yeah. they're a, a, a breathing mic stand. A really good looking person holding a mic. And, and, th- and that was one of my takeaways uh, from Gene is, is um, as, as much mileage as both WWE and WCW got out of him, I think they could have gotten a lot more. I mean, I don't know where he was at, but I think Gene could have easily gone 10, 15 years longer than he did. Last couple of years, clearly he would slow down, and he was still doing some stuff for WWE Network. But but here's a guy, and, and I just think of like uh, the NFL and Al Michaels, who I think is about the same uh, age as me and Gene. Nobody would think about you know pulling him off of TV because He's starting to look a little old, anything like that, and and it's a real, um, it's really too bad for WWE that they have this kind of bias, um, and and well, it goes beyond it, me, Gene. I think I think about the fact that the Howard Finkel is still on the payroll and we never see him, and he's another guy who is the very best at what he does. Absolutely. The only thing with with Gene that was the, the the bad relationship for a little bit after Gene went to WCW, and you remember the, the billionaire Ted sketches and scheme Gene and yeah. all of that. But they brought him back it, after There was that. a little bit of bad blood. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it, it was all patched up, but th- that was the only hiccup, I think, if not for that little kind of break in the relationship there between Okerlund and, and WWE, which, again, healed fairly quickly. Um, I think he could have been a guy who they could have used straight through and, and really kind of presented. But, um, you know, luckily things were all kind of patched up towards the end, and I know he had a good relationship. I know he's really close with Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe and 
and I got the chance to, to spend a, some, a lot of time with uh, the three of them in, in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. And um, just a, a great guy. Uh, so, um, you know, Gene was uh, one of a kind. Yes, absolutely. Uh, any quick thoughts on, on uh, Monday night, uh, the, the whole ceremony with Hogan, uh, this being his, his return to WWE? It seems like they kind of jumped at an opportunity to put to to break that ice uh, in in a in a way that nobody's really going to question, and now he's just back. Yeah, it it seemed a little bit. Um, yeah, the, the circumstances were. On one hand, it, it was a very moving uh, tribute to to Gene. Uh, on the other hand, it seemed like you know, hey, here's an opportunity where he yeah. can bring Hogan out there, and no one's going to talk about the racist, terrible right. stuff he's said and done, and you know. So they definitely had a political agenda for it, but I guess it depends. It didn't take away from the, the Oakland tribute. No, and it was very nice. use Hogan going forward. Yeah, and, and I mean, Hogan, people make mistakes, obviously. I mean, you know, you can't let one however stupid comment, uh, you know, dog you for your entire career or life. You know, hopefully there's an opportunity to, uh, to come back from it. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes going forward. But I think that Hogan at least came off as being very heartfelt and sincere. And uh, I, and it was really moving when he, I forget the guys he mentioned, but he, he said something about how Okerlund was calling a match with Bobby Heenan and Gorilla yeah. Monsoon and Mr. Yeah. Perfect. And, and, and just mentioning all these guys in the past. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was, uh, it was, that was tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was uh, uh, pretty well done as well. All right, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, again, go to pwi-online.com to pick up the uh, the Year in Wrestling, the Achievement Awards. There's so much more loaded into this issue. I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot more about it in the weeks to come and, and also catching up on, on a lot of current events. Um, so uh, until then, uh, thanks so much, everybody.